Today on CityCast Chicago, do you know which professional team in Chicago has several Olympic gold medalists, league all-stars, and multiple future Hall of Famers? It's the Chicago Sky. Have you been paying enough attention to that team? Because tonight they head into their third consecutive visit to the WNBA playoffs. It's Thursday, September 23rd. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. I could never be like, can you put headphones on? Can you open your computer? Can you open your phone? Can you download an app? Can you put that shit right next to your face, even though we don't talk? I could, <laughs> I couldn't do any of that. So I'm yeah, so- I'm not gonna lie, I didn't <laughs> want to do it at first. <laughs> My G, thanks for being- that was Annie Costable who covers the sky for the Chicago Sun Times, and that laughter in the back was Chris Pennant, who co-hosts the Skyhook podcast. The Sky take on the Dallas Wings at Wintrust Arena tonight. So whoever loses tonight, their season is done. The league does single elimination games in the first two rounds of the playoffs, and they hella stressful. I mean, the Sky season has ended in a single elimination playoff game the last two years. Annie, come on, why does the WNBA stick with these single elimination games to kick off the playoffs? Everybody talks about the fact that uh, these players have to go overseas. That's where they make most of their money. So the shortened postseason is, in a lot of ways, to get them to their overseas teams and contracts as quickly as possible. But there's so many issues with that, especially in basketball. I mean, anybody could win one game. I mean, let's get two more people and maybe we could win a single <laughs> game. I'm just kidding. But like, you know. Right, we get our ass blasted. Let's be right, real. Right, right. Like 100% <laughs> would get like smacked. But the point is that like single elimination, sometimes like fluke accidents that happen. Chris, does the single elimination game ramp up the tension for you or does it create a uh, kind of similar sense of like this this isn't a fair representation of maybe who the best team in this game is? A little of both, but it does necessarily ramp up the tension for players and for fans alike. Now, the players don't necessarily like it because, like Andy said, you have a one and done situation. But uh, for the, you know, for the leagues of purposes, it encourages viewers to tune in to uh, what is going to be a one-and-done game for someone because it, it's it's a ratings generator. If if there was ever a time for it that, that proved them right, it was the Sky versus the Aces two years ago because that, nah, you know, it's a on, one... Don't it, bring up that Hail Mary. I mean, it... Is, I think it might the pain might be she dolled now. She stepped out of bounds, too. She like, did. She, she, she did out step out of bounds. <laughs> Daring them to foul her. That's a dangerous pass. Hamby. Now, if you missed that game, back in 2019, the Sky were up by two with 13 seconds to go. And Derek Hamby from the Las Vegas Aces intercepted a bad pass from Courtney Vandersloot, who rarely turns the ball over, and threw up an absolute Hail Mary. Uh, as you could tell from our conversation, it went in. Three-pointer, and the Sky lost that game and were eliminated. Fans still contend Hamby was out of bounds when she intercepted the pass. Honestly, that was one of the most like iconic WMP moments in league history. We're still in our feelings about it, City Cast. We can't get over it. It's so problematic because she clearly stepped out of bounds. So that's what you get with the single elimination games at their best. At worst, 
you get some duds, and then a team who had a pretty good season is just, you know, left to pick up the pieces. Let's think about the the dreams we had for the Sky after they signed uh, Candace Parker to a two-year contract back in February. And you wrote back then that with Vandersloot's court vision, Quigley's knockdown shooting, and Copper and DeShields' lethal defense, that this team could potentially be scary, but, you know... It didn't totally prove to be the perfect combination combination for a number of reasons, right? We had injury. We had the Olympic break. You know, Annie, starting with you, what were the Sky's biggest struggles this year, in your opinion? I think it was honestly coming together in certain games. When the Sky are on the same page, show up, they are that championship contending team. Like, we've seen it. The numbers they put up are scary. The way that they've gotten everybody involved offensively is scary. They were had, had the best defensive rating in the league in the beginning of the season. The potential is there, but there's just no consistency. And so everyone just thought, oh, Candace is coming in. They already have these weapons. It's, it's an easy – it's going to be easy for them to just blend. And it hasn't been. And the men's – National Basketball Association, you get another 50 games after this first crop of 32, right, right? to to, to build more cohesion if you you got newer teams. And the runway just isn't that long. Again, because Um, players have to go overseas to make their money because the WNBA doesn't pay them. Chris, as you watched and, you know, you accounted for some of those struggles, were there any moments where you were like, you know, they, there is something here to build from. What were those those bright moments for you throughout the year? Kalia Copper's entire season was fantastic. When when you have the speed and the ability to drive that she does, that it's not on parallel, but there's not that many players in the league who can do the same things that she can in terms of penetration and finishing at the rim. Uh, Dana Evans was a bright spot. As long as it took for the Sky to find their backup point guard, and and even the seven-game winning streak when Candace came back was really the high point of the season, I think, in terms of yeah. of of team team clarity. That's what we thought the Sky were going to be. Annie, I want to stay with you for a second. Because you posted a tweet a couple of days ago where you wrote that um, following the Sky game, there were about three local media members there, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's be real. You, you, you were pissed off. Yeah. Like, what, what is it like being in that position and just seeing the the disrespect from the Chicago media. I know how hard it is in newsrooms, the lack of resources, the tight budgets. In my mind, there's just no excuse for not showing up for a team that's headed to their third, that's making the third straight playoff appearance. So that was where that came from. And the fact is they deserve every, every outlet being present. My frustration just came from from being a woman covering a woman's league and seeing the lack of respect that they're given and the excuses that get made as to why. The fact that the Sun-Times has had a person on this beat for two straight years, three straight years, and the Tribune hasn't is, is a slap in the face. So, and so Andy's right. If you've got people, if you have a newsroom, even with the cuts that have gone on over the last 20 years, get somebody there. You can get somebody there. This is professional sports in a major market, professional sports city. You know what? I, I feel like we got to dive deeper into this like convo a little bit. We are taught and told as journalists 
the idea of being a successful sports journalist was covering the NFL, covering the N- NBA, covering Major League Baseball. Like that's what your teachers were talking about. That's what if you worked for the local paper, they were talking about. Nobody was telling you, let's put the women on the same playing field as men. And that's our conditioned thinking, right? Like that's what we were conditioned to think is that men's sports are more important, more entertaining, more this, more that. So then you get to the professional level and and here in Chicago, a top three sports market, it's no wonder, right, it's no wonder newsrooms are prioritizing those teams over the women's teams. And this idea that, well, when the audience is there, we'll cover them the same. No, the NFL fan base didn't just show up. Like football is is um, one of America's like longest standing sports because back before helmets were even like they were those little leather helmets. Like that's how <laughs> fans started showing up. Uh, right. So the sky played the Dallas Wings tonight at Wintrust Arena. This this conversation <laughs> as, as we went really heavy and now we're like right back to the game. Hey, there's a basketball game. That's critical though because yeah, you sure. can't. You, you can't separate the these issues, yeah. right? You can't just focus on one. Annie, what's your big hope for, for the matchup and ultimately the outcome? I think in order for the Sky to be successful, they need multiple players scoring in double figures. We've seen that happen on numerous occasions and numerous big wins, so we need to see that tonight. I think everybody's really focused on Arike and if she's going to have a night, but they need to stop their other threats. Like Alicia Gray can go off. She's a, a Olympic gold medalist. Marina Mabry comes off the bench and had, I think, almost 30 against the Sky in their first loss to the Dallas Wings. Chris, I listened to the podcast. You didn't seem very optimistic about uh, ultimately a finals run, but you did say you would take your buck naked ass out into the streets of Chicago if we somehow pull it off. But before we start thinking about pipe dreams, do you think down the middle of Stony? <laughs> Straight down. And honestly, nobody standing on Stoney would be shocked. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Do you think we're going to win game one tonight? Like Andy said, you understand Enrique is going to score, but you can't let the rest of the squad beat you. You can't let Alicia Gray beat you. And evidently she had some problems with her goggles on the flight. So maybe this guy had somebody on the airport payroll. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you you cannot let those other players beat you as as um, a broadcaster would term them the others. You can't let them be the ones who decide the outcome of the game. So I know that I'm looking forward to this playoff game tonight. Hopefully uh, we pull it out. Then we have another single elimination game we'd have to get through uh, to make it into a series. Chris Pennant is the co-host of the Skyhook podcast and a pretty damn good 16-inch softball player from right <laughs> here. And Annie Costable is the Sky reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Thank you both for being here on CityCast Chicago. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, man. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Animal shelters across the city are reporting overcrowding as more and more individuals are abandoning their furry friends in light of economic hardships and other pandemic-related factors. Check out today's newsletter where our writer, Sydney will get you all caught up. Reporter Cheryl Ray Stout was right when she joined us last week for our Bears conversation. Justin Fields has been named the starter in Sunday's game versus the Browns. And some good news to get you through. 
For my Andersonville folks, the Homecoming Festival kicks off tomorrow and will take over Clark Street between Catalpa and Somerdale all weekend long with food and live music. For more information, check out our show notes. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I will never be stylish enough to have an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, I've actually never understood, like, when you go to get a phone, why people choose an Android. <laughs> I And it's literally, like, no, no shade at all. I'm just always, like... Annie, no matter how no matter how you say that, that was shady. And I'm with you because I, I feel the I say that too. I'm like, you you went to the store, they went through the recommendations, and that's the one you you settled on. Yo, you wanted to make a point about yeah. capitalism. <laughs>